Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Show. I am Jennifer. And I'm Corey. And today we are talking about really a year in review of your 2022 marketing activities. Um, you know, we're all taking a look at things that we've been doing over the last year, maybe some areas that we should, you know, double down for 23, and then also some areas we might want to cut. Yeah, so something that we do at the end of every year is we go back through and we, it's just a planning meeting. We look through things that worked and didn't work and then we report on those for the clients. So we thought it would make sense to kind of talk through some of the things in 2022 that uh, we paid attention to and that you may want to take a look at at your practice as well. Yeah, but before we get too far into it, I want to really just point out one thing in particular that sometimes our account folks get hung up on and all of us can get hung up on it. So like sometimes we're so far into the details. What's that phrase? Like you don't see the forest or the trees. Type right. Of thing? Yeah. Cause you're in the weeds, you know, and, and sometimes I don't think it really matters that you produced 323 social media posts last year, or we wrote 16 blog posts, or we, you know, produced 19 videos. I think what matters is as a practice, what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to grow and bring in new patients? Are you trying to keep the patients you've got? You know, what was your initial goal and did our activities hit that goal and move the needle towards that goal. And so sometimes that's one of those things that we get hung up on. So I wanted to start this episode talking about that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's important to kind of keep your eye on on the big picture. And then you have to know your audience too, right? I mean, to some extent, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, but we all know that there's some doctors that always say like, well, what are they doing all day? So sometimes it's nice to also be able to have that in your back pocket and say, so here's how we move the needle. And oh, by the way, we also produce 72 social posts and 600 pieces of visual content or you know, whatever the numbers are. Well, yeah, and every practice. and It's know, different. If you're a marketing person and you're listening to this, you know you've got those CYA emails where the stuff got approved <laughs> or where you were told to change direction in the middle of the course. And so I do think it's important to give those numbers of how the sausage gets made. But remember, at the end, we're just trying to make really good, tasty sausage. Right. Exactly. So like for this one client, and we'll, we'll use this client as kind of a, a guiding context for us to go through this episode. We completed for this one client, and it's a small practice, single provider, 726 goal completions last year. And what that means is 726 phone calls or requests for an appointment that came directly from their digital marketing activities. And we're able, because we look at 12-month glances, we're able to see for this client, it was a 40% increase from his year previous. Part of that was he got a new website and he you know, did a lot. He was really active on TikTok and things like that. But we start with, what did he want to achieve? He wanted to attract new patients and grow his audience. That's what we did in 2022. Right, so we looked at that number and we said, okay, well, what, what should the goal be? And actually, I think, um, the goal that we set was like 10 or 15%. I don't remember off the top of my head, but we hit, like you said, 39% in those completions. And so when you're looking back on uh, how your activities were for the, the past year, it's important because whatever that number one goal is, is what you want to lead with. So we're kind of walking through this report now. That's the first thing that we talk about is we want to remind him 
um, what the goal was, how we did, and then compare it to what was done previously so that we can benchmark and then improve on that even further. Yeah, so there's when we're looking at, you know, here's the goal, whatever that goal is that you set, and then how do we achieve it? There's a handful of things in these different buckets that we're focusing on throughout the year, and that is your digital marketing strategy. Now you do other things. You might buy an advertisement in a local newspaper. Maybe you sh you know you're on a podcast. Maybe you've got you know you do lunch and learns with doctors. But I'm just looking at the digital footprint and the digital marketing strategy, and that involves the things that are involving your website, your online reputation management, which involves your directory listing stuff like that, all of your social media activities. The coordination goes around that. Maybe you have digital advertising. You've got email marketing. Um, you've got various graphic design that you're working on, and then you've got your reporting and analytics. And I think reporting and analytics sometimes gets left out because it's not like super sexy and it's kind of retro. Like it's it's you know it's, you're re you're you're reacting to it. It's more react reactionary than it is being proactive. But the fact is that data can inform what you're going to do for next year. And so it's important to always take a look at that data on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean the proof's in the pudding. So if you're not paying attention to the pudding, you don't know what the proof is. Yeah. It makes sense. That, that makes Trust me, it, make, it makes sense. I love putting. If you're not looking at the reports, then you have no idea how you're doing. So, and again, this is, it's different practice by practice, and you know your situation best. Some practices really care about those numbers, and they want to make sure that there's always some sort of improvement, so it's it's important to keep those. Some don't care. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it, it's subjective. So let's start with website. So when we're yep. talking about the website, we're talking about, content that we're creating that might live on your website, so you're written in your visual content. We're talking about your search engine optimization. We're talking about like lead magnets and landing pages, things of that nature. So when you're looking at content, it makes sense to kind of go back and, and do, I don't want to say an audit, but just look at the total number of things that you produced. And if you really have your stuff together, you may have actually set a number for the uh, total content you wanted to produce, and then just look at how you did. Did you produce more than that, less than that? Did you exactly hit your goal? And that can help inform what you do for next year. And then it also makes sense to dive a little bit into your Google Analytics. And so you, let's say you created nine pieces of content throughout 2022, and you, you meant to create seven. Great, so you went over by two, that's fantastic. You over-delivered. What content did well? and how did it do? So what I mean by that is take a look at your analytics and see what content really was performing and then double down on that type of content for 2023. So if you did a patient testimonial that had an FAQ section and you found that this piece did really well and you were able to take these FAQ uh, questions and then turn them into social and those did great, do that again take these popular procedures and just double down on what you know works. And that's how you can kind of use this um, this data to build your 2023 and beyond strategy. Yeah, totally. And for this client in particular, it's a ophthalmology practice, single provider practice. In 22, he launched a new website. So we always see kind of a correction. When you launch a website, we see a dip, then we see a correction. So we're looking at his content in particular, because you know a lot of our listeners are probably like, well, how many pieces of content am I supposed to produce? So for this guy, we were contracted to do four pieces. We ended up doing five additional pieces. So for anybody thinking about partnering with us, we do not always over-deliver to that level, but we had to build a new website, so we had some extra content. So we ended up getting nine pieces of strong written content, 
Visual content, he ended up um, not being able to do this year because he didn't do video this year, um, but he was contracted to do two. And then what we have been doing from a content perspective that we're starting to measure is going in and reclipping all of the old videos so that we can reclip them for all the new social media channels so we count that as visual content. I say all that to say it all leads to the goal that we're trying to, to achieve. For this um, client in particular, his content saw about 37,000 37, sessions on his website which equated to about 88,000 page views on his website, which page views, that was up 23% this year. Yeah, huge, no. exactly. And, and again, going into the year, we said we wanted increases of like five to 10% for everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's good to see. So it's because con content still is, I mean, what do they say? It used to be king, now it's emperor. Like content mm -hmm. still really matters. It just, you know, it's, it's about how you put it out there and how you're using the keyword and the research to kind of drive that content strategy. Yeah, so if you have a good keyword strategy, so the keywords are essentially um, what people are looking for to find some sort of answer. So he's an ophthalmologi ophthalmologist, so we focus a lot on the things that drive a lot of money into his practice, like cataract surgery, for example. So this past year, his ranking keywords, um, we wound up with 85% more ranking keywords. And what that means is that when people are searching for phrases, he shows up more often because of this content that we created. So again, as, as you're kind of reviewing the things that you did for the year, um, take a look at what you want to rank for and then create content that will help you rank for that. It sounds simple, but that's something that a lot of people miss. Yeah, absolutely. And this year, part of the SEO, we focused on optimizing all the GMB listings, so the Google My Business listings, which are now called something else, aren't they? Google Business. So Google Business. They dropped the My. Yeah. They dropped the My, so it makes our acronym a little harder. Yeah. But we know internally GMB means Google Business. Um, and then we went back and we looked at top pages that ranked on websites. We did this for all clients, but this guy in particular. We went back and optimized his old content to help us have that re-indexed with Google and to start climbing the ranks again, and that's starting to work. Yeah, and when you say um, we went back in, what that essentially means is we had content that was performing. We looked at, again, where he wanted to focus. I'll use cataract surgery as the example. We went into that page, we updated that with new video, we tweaked the written content that was on those pages, um, added some new photos and, and some new graphics, and then Google will crawl that see that that page did well, it's now been updated, it's more robust, and then it bumps it up in the rankings. Yeah, and you know, one thing is, we said it kind of before, like, what is, what, what is marketing actually doing? Because your, your providers aren't gonna see their Google business listings, they're only gonna see if there's a problem with them, and they're not gonna see when you've gone back in. You've added SEO you, descriptions, nope, they're and they're not gonna in, see the behind the scenes right. that is so important for them getting ranked. Right. Yeah, and that's going back to kind of what you said about reporting, that's not really something that's sexy. It, it doesn't pop off the page, um, but it does make a huge difference. Absolutely. So let's talk about um, reputation management and kind of um, everything that you do there. I think, you know, one thing is it's super important, we know, to have a clean digital footprint, and the more reviews means the more opportunities for people to find you. But also, you know, you're, you're sending out invites for people to leave reviews. You are receiving reviews. But then a lot of times what people don't look at is what those reviews are telling us. A lot of times the doctors are getting hung up on, well, how many reviews do I have? Why am I not showing up on this page? And how do you get rid of that negative review? And I think it's more important to take a step back and look at the full picture. And at the end of the year, this is a great time to do that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. When you look at um, what people are saying, it will it'll inform what you're doing from a marketing perspective, but it really helps from an operational side. 
So if you're getting a lot of positive reviews, but the few negatives that you do get always talk about the rude front desk person, well, from an operation standpoint, then you know you have some, uh, some actions to take with your front desk person. Because if that is a consistent thorn in your side when it comes to the reviews, you'll never know that unless you go back through and you actually look at some of these insights throughout the year. Yeah, I was in Louisville, Kentucky a couple weeks ago meeting with some clients and we were talking about um, kind of their reviews and what we refer to as a PFS score. So you have positive reviews and you have negative reviews and then you might have positive and negative insights within a single review, which is the doctor was great, the front desk staff you know, left something to be desired. And then there's an algorithm that comes into it. So through our relationship with Prescaney and doctor.com, they produce something called a PFS score. I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but we look at the practice score, and then we look at how their scores compare to the other practices that we work with and to industry average. And then when I was in Kentucky, we were looking at their PFS scores. So for example, the ophthalmologist that we're referring to, he has a 4.5 PF, PFS score, which is actually a 2% increase from last year, but the average across all of our clients is a 4.6. So he's a little bit lower, but that could be that could mean many things. Like it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's something that he's doing. But then when we dive into the data and we look at what those insights are telling us, for him in particular, and we did this in Kentucky a lot, um, his non-clinical staff has 23% of all the negatives across the board. So there might be something from a training perspective or from an operations perspective like you were talking about. You know, and it goes into, it's talking about some people think that they're not competent. Some people think that the front desk staff has attitude. a bad attitude. You know, and then another thing, and, and this was actually something that we dealt with in Kentucky. This is an op different practices, but they're both having the issue. It's access to appointments. People expect that they're going to get an appointment quick. And now some of our folks are, you know, they're, they've got a backlog of you know, a month or a couple of weeks and it, it becomes a real issue. And not having access, you know, part of that is people didn't have staff this year. And so you couldn't get in to see, to see your doctor in a timely manner. And it's starting to show in the negative reviews. I looked it up while we were talking. Um, the national average, in case you were wondering, for that PFS score is 3.9. So you mentioned that That's great. the ophthalmologist was a 4.5. He's great. He's our, killing it. Our average for clients is 4.6. And that made me think, well, what's the national average? It's 3.9. 3 All right. So let's talk about social media. Yes. So uh, again, at the end of the year, it's a great time to go back and number one, look at total number of, of posts that you did, what worked, what didn't work. But it's also a good time to look at what platforms you're actually on and then how active you are within those platforms. So for this client that we, we keep talking about, um, really we focus on Facebook and Instagram for him. He has taken it upon himself to dive into TikTok and, and that- He's killing it. He, yeah, he's doing very, very well. We don't know how that directly correlates to more patients, but he has hundreds of thousands of views on his TikTok, which is fantastic. We do know that the Facebook and the Instagram drives patients, so that's kind of where we focus. Um, but, it, but again, so for you, listening to this as you're going back through the through your activities for the year, it may make sense to say, okay, how many posts did I do? Was there a particular month where I did a lot more or a lot less? Why was that? Where can I improve? Maybe I missed a couple of holiday observances. So there's an opportunity there, which by the way, we have a, a free calendar that you can go get and that maybe you can never miss another holiday observance. Uh, maybe you forgot about MA week, which you know happens. Yeah, there's happens. so many of those. Anyway, um, it's a great time to go back, 
look at what worked, what didn't, and then again, evaluate what platforms you're on and decide if you know maybe we should be somewhere else. Yeah, and I think it's also a good time, it's done in our reports, but it's a good time to, like, to reflect on how much time and energy you're spending on social. Sure. And what's the return? They, yeah, because, and what's the return? Because at some point, we talked about this at nauseum, like, you gotta make a decision. Do I just wanna be on social, and am I okay with that? And if so, you're not gonna get a ton of engagement, you're not gonna get a ton of growth, but you're on it. Or do I wanna be in it, and do I wanna use it as a vehicle to really kind of drive a conversation and engagement? But you got to be willing to invest more time and energy. So you got to like this is a good time to reflect on that stuff. Right, and like going back to this report, so it just says an example. He had four hundred sixty-six thousand nine hundred seventy-seven impressions. Big number. That was also about a four percent increase from the year prior. How many of those impressions turn into patients? So there's a certain percentage of that, and we have to dive in to really figure that out. Um, but it it warrants the question of. Is it worth it spending all this time to get these impressions if we know that, let's say, a thousand of them are going to become patients? Maybe it is, maybe it's not, depending on how much time you spend. That's the question that you have to ask yourself. Well, if you think that he only generated 726 patients from his digital channels, so he did see a 39.1% increase, Mm -hmm. does it warrant the fact that he hired a person to follow him around for TikTok? Right. Does it warrant all the time and energy? Or are we better with maybe taking that same money and putting it into social ads mm-hmm. and you know some certain boosted posts and things of that nature? And I think it's worth looking at that. Yeah, because for social ads, we know that they generated 817 clicks, which is a 160% increase from the year prior. So that tells me that um, there's definitely an opportunity there, and it works, and we can track it which I always like because the more data we have, the better decisions we can make. Yep, and with him, we're running, we're running what is referred to as like boosted posts so that we can get engagement and kind of clicks and likes. But we're also running specific ads and ad campaigns to market some of his ancillary services. And so it's just another strategy, and you can do that across all the channels now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so again, as you're kind of looking back at your social strategy, um, number one, look at the posts that you created. Number two, look at any sort of ad campaigns that you did. What was the spend on those? What was the return? And hopefully you have those tracking mechanisms in place so you can actually see what that growth um, actually was. And if you don't, you have to kind of rely on what meta will provide you if you're on like a Facebook or an Instagram platform. And a lot of times they'll give you, you know, the the costs, the engagements, the reach, and and you just won't be able to correlate those numbers one-to-one to new patients unless you have the right tracking. Absolutely. So then let's talk about email because not all practices are doing email marketing, but I think especially if you have a cash-based element of your business, you'd be remiss not to do some email marketing. So for this guy, we did 18 different email campaigns. His list that he markets to is roughly 8,700 people. He had an average open rate of 42%, click-through rate of 7.5%. And we've got all of his audiences broken down into multiple segments. So like these people are eye um, folks, these people are med spa folks, and these people are like reactive specials. Here's my family and friends. We have different lists that we segment to. You know, and ultimately we know that that generated X amount of dollars that brought into his practice and contributed to nurturing our existing folks. Right, yeah, and so if you do have an email um, strategy in place, 
now is the perfect time to go back and again, look at what type of subject really drove those open rates and then double down on that. You know, for him, his list responds to, yes, they respond to newsletters, but a, a lot of them also respond to offers. So we know that if we have a particular offer, we wanna make sure that we're getting the right subject to that right segment. That's gonna open up that offer, click through, and then ultimately schedule an appointment. So again, it's just sort of looking at the data and then taking all these little puzzle pieces and making sure that they fit together in the most efficient way. That's right, that's right. What about ads? Um, so when it comes to ads, you wanna make sure that, you're, that the juice is worth the squeeze, right? So you wanna make sure that whatever you're spending does that generate clicks and do those clicks turn into actual dollars for the practice? And if the answer to that is no, then you're either doing something wrong or your audience just doesn't respond to ads. And again, at the end of the year, this is a perfect time to do that audit and make sure you either need to <clears throat> uh, increase your spend, change your campaigns, change your headlines. This is the time to do that moving into the next year. That's right. So I think social ads, Google ads and everything else really does make a difference, but now's your time to review it. Right, and again, if you set your ads up correctly, it should all be about conversions and clicks. And so if those numbers are trending downward, if they're, if they're in the black or in the red, then you are doing something either wrong or, or, or maybe the message just isn't 100% resonating with your audience, which we see a lot. Yeah. So it's, it's not like something is wrong, it's just that you could make a slight tweak and it could be a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you just said it, the message isn't quite right. So one thing I like to do at the end of the year, I like to do it a couple times a year, but I really like to do it at the end of the year so we can resonate, is I like to take a look at what those key messages are across the board and see if we're being consistent because it's very easy to get inconsistent when you're doing little one-off things. And then also to look at all your graphics. Look at your flyers, look at your rack cards, look at that digital billboard that you created and put them all on a single page and look at them side by side and say, we're being a little inconsistent here, we may need to make some modifications here. And this time of year is a great time to do a refresh. Yeah, and, and also, um, you know, sometimes, especially with Google Ads, I find, and if you're doing this for your practice and, and this is sort of your, your, sole focus, your sole focus is one practice, you can kind of set it and forget it. And maybe you look at the reports quarterly or yeah. annually or whatever, but if you don't actually go back and look at some of the headlines, you, you don't know what's inaccurate. And again, what can be tweaked? You know, when you set these up two to three years ago, maybe things are different now. So yeah, totally. again, it, yeah, it's just a perfect time to go back in and yeah. look at those things. So to wrap it up, let's just say, this gentleman, this one practice, one single provider practice, generated 726 new patients um, last year alone. He did it through nine pieces of written content, nine pieces of content that was re-optimized for SEO, 84 reviews that he got last year, he's a small practice, which generated 334 pieces of insights that now we're able to use to make changes from an operational standpoint. He got um, 470 paid social media engagements, and he got 30 leads directly from the advertising that he was able to do last year. All right, so with that, I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Marketing Tips Show. Thanks a bunch. Thanks, guys.